0: Welcome to a very special edition of the show. This is the second part in a special series supporting National Spa Week here in the UK, which takes place from the 4th to the 11th of November, 2019. Now, today we're talking all about the importance of looking after and looking out for your own physical health at work and also the physical health of your team at work as well. And the ways that you can bring a bit more physical health into your everyday whilst at work, be it at the office, in the spa, in the treatment room, or on reception. So let's stick that cassette in and get going. You're listening to the Beauty Business Podcast, now with over a quarter of a million downloads worldwide. Now, this is the podcast for you if you run a beauty salon, a skin clinic, or a spa, and I want to help you reach your business goals through simple, practical, and focused business information and advice. Now, if you're a regular listener of the show, then you might notice a slight difference in some of the episodes this week. You see, this week, the Beauty Business Podcast is supporting National Spa Week here in the UK, and this year, 2019, National Spa Week, run by the UK Spa Association, is highlighting the importance of wellness in the workplace, and to celebrate this every day this week, we're releasing a brand new episode of the show focusing on a different aspect of workplace wellness, how it can affect you, how it can affect your business, and most importantly, what you should be doing about it. And who am I? Well, my name is Adam Chatterley. I am your host here on the show, and I'm also the current chairman of the UK Spa Association. So let's get into today's episode. Hello and welcome back. Today is the second day of our special series of beauty business podcast episodes supporting National Spa Week. And this year's topic... 2019, if you're listening to me in the future, which is all about wellness in the workplace. Now, like I said there in the introduction, today's topic is physical health in the workplace. Now, this is something I think we all wish we placed as a bit of a higher priority than we do. But life, work, you know, all those things get in the way. And inevitably, it ends up a little bit further down the to-do list than we might like. Now, as individuals, we know all the benefits that better physical health can bring, but as employers, we should be aware of all the benefits of having a more physically healthy team can bring, not only for their own physical health, but for that of the business as well. Now, as you'll see, there's a direct correlation between the physical health of your team and the profitability of your business. Now, today I'm joined by an expert in this subject, the fascinating Ian Bell from Executive Fitness Foundation. Now, we get into all kinds of intriguing areas around this topic from the benefits to both the individual and the organization of focusing on physical health, but also the modern tech that can help you to achieve better physical goals. And we describe the ideal physically healthy day for a therapist who's busy but wants to focus as much on their health during a workday as possible. Now, like I said on yesterday's episode, the idea of these daily topics this week is to introduce these subjects to you, or maybe just expand a little more about what you may already know or think you know to pique your interest a little bit more. Now, if you'd like to know more about the topics themselves, or if you'd just like to check out more information about National Spa Week and all the other topics that we're covering, and also to get additional resources, videos, articles, and that kind of thing on each topic, then just go to spar ukorg forward slash spa week. That's wwwspar ukorg forward slash spa week. Now, take a little bit of time out of your day. Join me for my conversation all about physical health in the workplace with Ian Bell. So I'd like to welcome onto the show, Ian Bell. Hi, Ian. How you doing? Fantastic. Yourself? I am, I am great today. I'm feeling good. Uh, I am I was just saying to you before, I'm full of cold, which is ironic since we're talking about employee wellness, but you've just given me some great tips. So as soon as we finish the the call, yeah. I'm going to be off and, uh, and giving some of those a try. So thank you for that. That's so good. Good. So today we are talking about a number of things, but primarily around the sort of topic of employee physical health, yeah. um, which is something that you are, uh, as we had a bit of a catch up last week, something very, very passionate uh, about. Yeah. But um, before we kind of get into it, could you give us a bit of a, a background into you, how you got started, you know, how you became so interested in this and, and the actual kind of day-to-day things that you do?
1: Okay, Um I'll try and keep that as brief as possible. Brilliant. Um, studied for six years, a mixture of um, sports science and management, physical education, started a PT business in 1991, and everyone thought I was mad, <laughs> and nobody in the world would pay for advice or exercise. And the only clients I had were Americans because they totally understood what I was going on about. So I developed the services, realized that it's not just about exercise, it's about a way of living. Mm -hmm. So that had to encapsulate nutrition, it had to go across a spectrum of well being. And as I developed the services, more clients came with more requests. I'm stressed. How do I meditate? Can I do yoga? What forms of lifestyle can I bring into my life? So over a period of now 27 years, um, we've developed a very generic type of service and we've moved into the wellness industry, the corporate industry, the drinks industry, helping people in hospitality, which is very closely aligned with a spa business. And recently, there's been a considerable increase in people with joint replacement. So that is shoulder, hip and knee. So we're now providing a pre-therapy sessions for people going into surgery and also dealing with post-surgery, trying to get them into movement and relaxation as quickly as possible. So it's, it's a multitude of skill sets that I've had to respond and train and learn to. It's the best way to put it.
0: Got it. So what so since you were doing that back in nineteen ninety one you said, what was it that made you want to get started doing that in the first place?
1: Well, the best education in the world is travel and adventure. Yeah. And I'd been to America, picked up the yellow pages and flicked through gyms and fitness centers. And there was this curious thing called personal training. (laughs) So I went to Chicago, went to New York, it then became quite big in Australia, mm-hmm. and then it started to grow within the UK, but was very small. So I ended up, I was lecturing at college and university. At the same time, I was developing the PT business. And then at some point, there was a critical issue where I just switched into the PT full time and developed the services.
0: Amazing. Okay. So today we are, like I said, talking about employee wellness. Mm-hmm. but. So that we're all on the same page, because I know, certainly in the spa world, I think wellness kind of means something different to different people. Yeah. So let's just so we all know where we're starting from. What is your definition of of wellness?
1: Wellness is uh, multi dimensional areas that matter the most to people and actually matter more now in this crazy world than ever before. They started off with six basic tenets. So you had vocational wellness. So excuse the Americanism. <laughs> vocation is your work. And do you love your work? Do you run into work? Do you stay late? Do you love it so much? And it's also introducing a scoring system. So if you loved your work more than anything else, you'd score 10. If you find work stressful, draining, tiring, then you probably give it a one or a two. Mm-hmm. So the wellness goes round the areas. So we look at work, we look at physical wellness, which also encapsulates nutrition. And then we look at social, emotional, spiritual and intellectual. So those areas are really what, what wellness is about. And with SPAN Hospitality, when we look at physical wellness, we're actually looking at the importance of mental wellness and providing resilience and techniques to protect us from from mental stress and give us more longevity as an individual, but also within the spy industry worldwide. Got it. And so, that's about
0: it. Yeah, I think that, that's 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 really interesting that it, it encapsulates encapsulates all those different areas, and we're not just talking about you know the physical side of things, and, and maybe yeah. the kind of I guess mindfulness is kind of coming through a lot more these days. Yeah. But there are, are actually those six areas. So this is this is sort of something, and it, it is something that people are talking a bit more about these days. So have we? has the need for wellness grown? Has it changed? Has it always been there? Or is it is it something that's now needed more than ever? Is it part of our lifestyle? Is it, Or has it always been there and now we're just kind of waking up to it?
1: Well, it's interesting you talk about lifestyle because now we're very much aware with social media about, about not being dictated to, but actually telling the world about how we live our lives. Mm-hmm. We go to restaurants, we take photographs of food, <laughs> we um what else do we do we we love adventure travel Mm -hmm. so now people go to cities around the world to eat in a restaurant to drink in a bar to go to amazing spas and have a, a, a really good spa experience and globally spas are huge but if you look at wellness it's what i call a wellness imperative it is so important that we take on board what wellness actually means to us as individuals and how it can protect us against the negative effects of a negative lifestyle, i.e. risks to our mental and physical well-being.
0: Got it. And so so the the benefits to the individual are sort of obvious. Yeah. Um, but if we're looking at this from the point of view of, of an employer, you know, why is employee wellness important to the employer? Should it be you know, is it something that an employer should be genuinely concerned about? Is it something that's a bit of a fad? You know, what's your view on that?
1: Um, I I look at different uh, sectors, and it is seen as a fad, right. and it it's seen like it's got a a time limit. It's gonna it's it's gonna burn out like a lot of us are at work, but it's not. It's going to stay because the interest in health and well being is is greater than ever. But more importantly, employers are now realizing that the the people that work within an institution or an organization are actually ill. Mm -hmm. They're run down, they're stressed, and that has a direct effect on their performance as an individual in the workplace, but also for the the greater good of the organization. So I, I think employees have a greater responsibility and must make it a strategic objective alongside profitability, alongside for example, hospitality heads on beds or in the spa industry, heads on couches or heads on therapy beds. It it's so important that we understand this is here for the long term and the long term good.
0: And would you say it's more important in, in our industry, in the spa industry, than it is maybe in others?
1: Without doubt, because if we arrive for a massage or we have a spa experience, then that therapist is giving out. Yes. So what, what are we doing? What's the therapist doing for themselves? And what's the spa doing to give that therapist more energy, uh, more health and well-being, and more longevity and loyalty within that spa environment? Those are those are really important factors.
0: So then I guess if we're saying the, the sort of bottom line uh, benefit for the employer is more motivated staff, happier staff, more loyal yeah. staff, um, you know, generally a happier kind of, Environment, I guess.
1: Yeah, it is, and it, it it's so important to realise that there has to be accountability on both sides. Accountability for the individual as an employee, but also an accountability for the employer to provide environment and space and health and mental experiences for the individuals whilst they're working throughout the day. Because the the idea of wellness is that you use it for your work but just as important you use it for how you live your life on a day-to-day basis.
0: And do you think there's a, is there a, a notable benefit for the client at the end of the day?
1: Um, looking at my experience of the spa world, where you're, I mean, uh, I studied Thai massage, where you're where you're giving out, then if you look at that Richard Branson idea, that he he understood in the first 20 minutes of somebody stepping on board his plane, that 20 minutes was a golden time for that person to be a repeat customer, to be a loyal long-term customer. I think in the spa industry, they've got 20 seconds. Really? So when a when a when a therapist eats a client, it's a 20-second window to set the mood, set the standard, set the energy between the people, um, to go through the, the client's medical and health industry, to check the room environment, to check scent, to to alleviate the senses as much as possible into a a positive uh, environment. But clearly, you know, people don't arrive for a, a spa experience, a spa treatment full of life. They're generally tired, they're generally stressed, they want to turn around their energy. So there is a much greater pressure upon the therapist to not just deliver a great experience, but to communicate in so many ways about how they can improve the level of service. And that's a huge pressure for a therapist. Definitely.
0: Yeah, I mean, because you know, they're going to have to do that several times a day.
1: Yeah, and remember, the client doesn't realise that. No. The client's perception is that they're having an amazing spa treatment, one massage, and then that's it. Yep. They go off to the hydro pool, they go off and have the nails done, or they go off and have lunch or a glass of wine. They don't think of the therapist who's got another four or five people and is going to be working late that night.
0: And they've got to do it over and over. Going to keep that energy up all throughout the day, so that the, you know, the last client is as good and and as well looked after as the first client. And,
1: and I don't know anything that can be more important for consistency in business than wellness. When you're trying to repeat yes. the level of service, wellness is the building block, the foundation for that to happen.
0: Love it, awesome. So, because I know you talk about, you know, as well as there being the sort of the different aspects of wellness, there's also the different. Um, is the different aspects of physical wellness as well that, that yeah. we were talking about. So one thing I wanted to kind of bring to life for people was if we take an example of, um, I know there's no such thing, but let's say a typical and average therapist's day, let's say they're going in for a shift, it's seven, eight hours long. Um, they're yeah. starting their their day at say eight o'clock in the morning. Um, mm. Can you take us through a, a sort of what you would see as kind of the ideal wellness focused day of a therapist from kind of when they get up in the morning
1: right well uh, the employer has a responsibility and accountability to deliver wellness initiatives and practice to the spa employee but remember i said it's dual accountability so that employee needs to get up in the morning um i would love them to do a five minute express meditation i would love them to have a nutritious breakfast um something like a porridge, um, fresh fruit salad, um, rather than wake up exhausted and trying to have lots of coffee or stimulants to get up and get to work. Um, if, if I get somebody coming to see me in the gym and the session's booked for 9am, mm-hmm. I say to them, the session starts mentally when you go out of bed. And that's the same for the therapist. They must prepare themselves for coming into work before they start work. And then their day after five or six different treatments, You know, one could be a, an intensive sports massage, one could be one where the client wants something very relaxing and fine-tuned. That's, that therapist must punctuate their day with aspects of relaxation, meditation, and good nutrition. Otherwise, how would you expect to perform on a consistent high level unless you weren't doing those throughout the day? To me, it makes more sense that the employee leaves work motivated and energized rather than exhausted and and in terms of posture what i call falling into yourself where your head's down you're tired and you're you're exhausted because remember when you're touching people and you're giving out a massage you're giving out energy yes and you're leaving your yourself if you like open in so many ways to to losing your mojo to losing your drive
0: got it so taking you back to that very first of the get up in the morning um, and you say, ideally, they do this five minutes of meditation. If someone's not familiar with doing meditation at all, what what kind what is the purpose of that, and what kind of things should they be meditating on?
1: Well, first of all, there are so many apps out there. Mm-hmm. And when when I was experiencing meditation twenty or thirty years ago, then it was this principle that you had to wrap yourself in orange robes, you had to shave your head, <laughs> and in effect. The the top meditation that, that was about thinking about nothing, which is almost impossible. Yeah. And it's a very frustrating thing. Now we have so many things. And um, for example, I I teach meditation using uh, a dice. So a dice has one to six, and I use those as breathing points. So all the people I've worked with, they carry a dice with them, and they throw the dice. And if it comes up four, they do four complete breaths, which is similar to yoga. So one breath, when you train yourself, is one minute. So that's thirty seconds to inhale and thirty seconds to exhale. So that's that's a good way to do it. And also, I've, I mean, I I saw these on Facebook. I'm, I kind of look like a nineteen eighties aerobic teacher here.
0: Oh yeah, is that the so muse?
1: Yeah. So I bought this thinking, you know, I've got to give it a try because all these companies are great at returning things as well. They're really cooperative. And I bought this. And you know what? It's fantastic. So I use this every day. I lend it to my clients. I get them to experience how meditation is so accessible and how it works because what we're trying to do is get the prefrontal cortex to be activated. And this is where we have energy, reason, focus. But if we're stressed then we're we're actually stuck in the backseat of the limbic system and it's very hard to to flush those negative stressful effects out into the limbic um out into the prefrontal cortex um there's another one which is which is really unusual um this is it looks like an, an old um iPod yeah but I use this this is set on a timer for 12 minutes a day and if I just do that.
0: It's a little light.
1: It's a little light. And there's two of them. And this is an incredible piece of technology. It will become cheaper and more accessible. But you actually activate the electricity of the brain by putting light through the ear, which is more effective than almost the eyes. So what you can do is you can measure what's called lux, which is the like a photographer would yeah. use measure light digits. So I use that to people to show the lux variance in a room. So if a room is brighter, mm-hmm. you're more awake. If a room is dark, then your energy is lower. And this is another thing that therapists need to do, not just because of seasonal affective disorder where the seasons change and affect mood. They need to be in an environment which has very bright lights to recharge. Now, this actually delivers... 500,000 lumens into the brain. Wow! So, using this every day activates the brain, wakes you up, energizes the brain, and and very cleverly, if you use uh, aromatherapy oils, because remember, if if some if a client wants a prescriptive massage and they say I'm very stressed, I'm very tense, can you give me an oil that's going to relax and unwind? So there might be a lavender base. Now, the therapist is inhaling that. Mm-hmm. So the therapist, by the end of an hour's <laughs> time de-stressing, relaxing oils. I mean, they're, they're, <laughs> their head is spinning, they just want to sleep. And, and then of course, the next client comes in, expecting an amazing treatment, and the therapist is, is <laughs> nodding off yeah. So you, know, you have to turn it around, so you have to have aromatherapy oils, active scents, meditation, bright rooms, those are all key factors to the flow of the treatment throughout
0: the day. Got it. Okay. I mean, you've you've got me on board. I love mixing tech with yeah. these new things, oh, and, sure. and I've seen those adverts for the Muse stuff, and I'm like, I can't just buy one you to buy one. Listen. I'm gonna probably have to. <laughs> um, but yeah. So let's <laughs> let's move on then. So um, we've kind of got up. We've done the meditation. We've had a healthy breakfast. We've kind of. Yeah. Fed our mind, fed our bodies. We get into work. Um, we the the therapist goes into their first treatment. Let's say it's an hour's massage. Um, yeah. They've got ten minutes between that one and the next one, which might be, let's say, it's another hour massage. What can what can the therapist do in that ten minutes to set them up in the best possible way
1: to get to keep going through the day? It's very interesting when you um, explore and become very uh, effective with meditation. Mm-hmm. Two or three minutes deep breathing and just trying to switch off would be one of the best things. And actually, over time, you can go running and you can meditate because it's just a system of breathing and relaxation. You can do this with the exercise, but as the therapist is preparing the room, putting fresh towels, checking the pillows, making that impact of the first impression, they can just use breathing and scent in between each, each client um, and it's tough because 10 minutes is a quick 10 minutes yep. um, and I see a lot of therapists now carrying um, the insulated aluminium bottles with water. Yeah. The reality is that the water has to be cold because that increases the absorption of fluid but secondly a pinch of salt increases the absorption of water through the small intestine. You wouldn't taste the salt. but rather than absorb 30 to 50% of the water, you're then going to absorb 70, 80, 90% of the water.
0: Really? That much?
1: Uh, Yeah, tiny amount, a pinch of salt you would not taste. So you're looking at 0.0 grams of sodium. Table salt works the treat, And all the the sports drinks like uh, Gatorade, like glucosate, they have sodium hypochloride, which is... Clearly, the science of trying to hydrate under exercise. Same principle, but doesn't cost anything. Simple to do. Fabulous. Or, yeah. And lastly, another one is to switch that on the other angle you use hot water, sliced lemon, sliced ginger, and even sliced turmeric. So you clean and detox the body and hydrate at the same time.
0: See, that was, that was interesting because you said cold water to start with, and I always thought yeah. the advice was that the hot water. Um...
1: No, that, that, that would apply for something like caffeine, but yeah. it's actually more about the caffeine molecule um, accelerating into the system. The, the best thing to have is matcha green tea, which has got far more caffeine than, than coffee, but is a very gentle uplift and a very long... Really? So coffee is jaggy. Yeah. So we have a high, and then it goes to a low. You have another coffee. You get the pickup, and then it drops. Okay. So it's that constant jag cycle. But with green tea, once a day, lasts all day.
0: Okay. I, I didn't even know green tea had caffeine in it, so I'm learning.
1: It's, it's got a, depending on the on the brand and the quality, it's got up to 20 times more caffeine wow. than coffee. But it's <laughs> a different effect completely. Okay. Cool.
0: Okay. So we've done a couple of treatments. We've uh, we've had a, a small amount of meditation. We've hydrated properly yeah. um, in between them. We then get to lunchtime. Yeah. A bit more of a break, a bit more time. What's the ideal thing a therapist can both eat during the lunch and do with their time?
1: Great. Well, first of all, you're right, it is time because most therapists will have half an hour break. Mm-hmm. Um, and if you think about the importance, first of all, of eating anything, you need to eat slowly because digestion starts in the mouth, not the stomach. So I see people, um, I always look at the vision of and you see a Labrador, when it's given a bowl of food, it snaps at it and eats it in two seconds. And then when I see therapists eat, uh, they're eating as quickly as possible, so the food, the digestion isn't done properly. And remember, there's a big difference between nutrition for energy and nutrition for nourishment. So, I believe that, that therapists are so, so goddamn hungry, they eat as quickly as possible. They don't care what they eat, because mm-hmm. they're thinking, oh, I've only got half an hour. And remember, they usually have to walk to another part of the hotel or spa to eat. Yeah. So they're losing five or 10 minutes to get there, yeah. then they eat, and then they have to get five, 10 minutes to get back. And before you know it, your next client's there early. Yeah. And you think, oh. And of course, your stomach's busy gurgling and digesting all the food. But then again, I always say to people, eat light. So yeah. try and have a you know vegetable soup. Try not to have um very simple processed white carbohydrates. That's things like, you know, cheap tortilla wraps, white breads, try and have something like an oat cake, which has got a a lower glycemic index has got more sustained energy or rye bread or dark breads, dark carbohydrates. Those are far more giving in terms of smooth energy than, than almost what I call hotel or spa junk food. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, this is something surely where the employers can hopefully fairly easy step in and help people. Cause if, you know, my experience of certainly therapists and working with hotels is, you know, the ones that do provide lunches for their staff, you know, they get sent to the canteen, and yeah. I have to say, it never strikes me as the most nutritious food that they're offering. Would you agree yeah.
1: with that? Yeah, um, it. Well, first of all, it is it is great that an employer provides food. Yeah, I mean, it really sure. is a to me a perk because um, when I come out of the spa, I look around and I see people buying meal deals where they're coerced <laughs> into buying you know, a sandwich, a pack, a pack
0: of crisps, crisps a high sugar apart, drink,
1: yeah, yeah, yeah. And, a, and a Diet Coke. Um, and the food in the hotel is better than that. And I see hotels, for example, the one spot, the Sheraton, they have um, employee wellness initiatives. So periodically, they will go to greater lengths to provide a themed Um, lunch or a themed dinner that's that's clearly better so that's another wellness initiative for spas and hotels to do and if you punctuate um, uh, an employee's day with better nutrition then you get them thinking about better nutrition and actually some of the strategies are make your own food at home and bring it into the spa make a vegetable curry Mm -hmm. make it with brown rice or quinoa try and up the nutritional ante a little and then the therapist will feel better and they're less likely to be burnt out and exhausted at the end of the day or the week
0: so there's there's a genuine kind of benefit to the employer for thinking a bit more about the food that they're offering their uh, yeah. therapist and i guess the facilities as well because if you give the facilities to sort of slightly prepare food that they may have brought in from home like a yeah. to warm it up and things like that you know yeah. there, there is a direct benefit it may cost a little bit more in the first place, but the mm-hmm. benefit to the therapist themselves, the member of staff, and ultimately the client is all there.
1: Yeah, exactly. Um and it, it's it's not as simple um as people think, but it is just retuning into it and changing our lifestyle pattern because I believe now that we just fall into habits.
0: Yes. Oh so totally. And you just and repeat the same thing.
1: And it's easy, you know. You open the fridge, you look down, you see a you see a tin of beer or a bottle of wine. Um, You then switch on the TV to detox your mind, but then you're watching, you know, you're binging on Netflix. You're watching uh, a whole series of things. It's it's counterproductive. I can understand that people do to switch off and disengage from a busy day. Yeah, but it's actually damaging to their well-being that they're not meditating again that they're not having a nutritious meal that they're not reading a book before going to bed they're actually staying up all night and watching junk tv and it it has to change
0: well before we get to the end of the day so we have to have our lunch uh we've maybe taken a bit of time, bit of peace, maybe gone for a walk, got our bodies yep. moving, something like that. Yep. Um we then get into the afternoon again. So we've got some more treatments going on. Is it the same kind of advice in between treatments there? Is there different things you should do as the day progresses? Um, you know, to keep your energy up. Um, any other bits of advice for the, the sort of the rest of the day that they're actually at work?
1: Well a really a real golden nugget of advice is um when I when I've been uh, training in therapy. We, we use each other as, as models, as um, trying to understand how we can activate different forms of massage technique. And I believe that one of the best things that spa people can do for each other is deliver a five-minute acupressure treatment, um, a head massage with the right type of aromatherapy oils that lift the spirit um, and that actually engage the therapist's posture again. Yep. because again, posture is so important because that's a form of communication. Um, you can imagine if um, you have a client coming in who's paid £150 for a treatment and they come in and meet the therapist and the therapist is <laughs> on the point of exhaustion after five massages all day, then it's it's great that we share and support each other within a therapy environment and deliver very active, very quick types of massage to to give us that boost back.
0: So yeah, so use the skills within your team yeah. to keep your energy up, all those kind of things. So I think sometimes sometimes we can be our own actual worst enemy in this sense because we're trying to convince the world um, and educate the world that that coming for a massage is not something that should be a treat. It yeah. should be part of your lifestyle. And yet, yeah. even though most bars have some sort of um, employee benefit scheme where they can come and book a treatment for, for a lower price or something like that, it, yeah. they almost still kind of, couch it as a treat rather than something that they should be able to have access to every day as part of their job.
1: Yeah. And I also believe that it's it's important um for the therapist not to go back to work on a day off. Um, even if it's a, a, a good massage, one of the greatest catalysts for change in our life is a change of environment. So you you were really spot on in a lunchtime where you say, well get out of the building, yep. go for a walk. And environments have a a conscious and a subconscious effect on our mind and going going for a five minute walk and increasing your depth of breathing and facilitating a posture check mm. as you're walking and maybe having um, a light juice or another match of tea, all those little things start start to filter in and distill into your life. So it's it's really important that on a day off, you don't just lie in bed and do nothing you actually do as much as you can to reactivate and re-energise yourself.
0: Got it. Okay. So we get through our afternoon, we get to the end of the day. Anything that uh, you would advise therapists to think about doing almost as a kind of a bookend today to finish their work day off before they actually leave to go home?
1: Uh, laughter therapy. Really? Um, spend time with people who make you laugh, and okay. make you side split. <laughs> um, and if that, if that involves going for a drink, then then do so. Okay. Um, I think it's important to to try and gel and connect with the people you work with. Sure. And we only do that at work, and mm-hmm. I don't think that's productive. I think to again change environment, bring people together, and um, have an experience and, and have laughter and enjoyment and an experience is is absolutely crucial. Those are the things that we seek when we have time off or go on holiday. Why, why can't we do that with the people that we work with?
0: Yeah. So the, so there is a genuine wellness benefit to this sort of um, traditional go for a drink after work thing.
1: Yeah. I remember when we talked about the wellness wheel, one of the key factors is social wellness
0: yeah, of course,
1: as yes. well as intellectual wellness. And uh, I, I always ask people, what, what are your passions in life? and they, they look at me like I've asked the worst question imaginable. <laughs> and I, th- I say, what drives you? on well, my work. Where, where's your intellectual stimulus from? Oh, my, I love my job. No, 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 no. You don't get it. Um, and if you look at something like, um, you know, learning to dance. You know, you yeah, go to a yeah. class, you socialise yeah. with other people. It's physical, it's social, it's intellectual. It may not be your passion, but it may become your passion. And it, it's important that, as as social media uh, encourages us to reflect who we are in this crazy world. That we actually do that through exchanging um, social um, interaction, having fun, having laughter, and and being as human as we possibly can. That's what makes us who we are. It's not watching TV, you know, constantly on your phone, social media, eating a poor diet, binging on Netflix series. It's it's so simple. I would say the answers are staring us in the face, but we're looking around it for something else. Yeah, but the answer's there
0: it's it's really it's really true i get um kind of over in my my day job world i get so many people asking you what should we post about what should we post on social media and i'm like do something interesting yeah do something yeah. interesting and post about that don't sit there thinking of something interesting to post do something yeah. interesting and post about it it's not difficult um you know and that could be something that you're doing at work in your own life personal life anything but yeah no so that makes yeah. a huge amount of sense so so we go for a go for that social wellness to finish the day off we then go home um you know what's what's a an ideal wellness focused evening once we get back home
1: uh as a rule either to um if you're going home with your flatmates or your partner and you've had a stressful day they, they the common thing is to download on them and download fast <laughs> you know how's your day and then there's this emotional outpouring. That's that's great to do because it's important to discuss our feelings, but we have to regulate that. Um because you know then your your partner, or your flatmate can think, oh wow, you know you, <laughs> what's wrong with you? Um so I, again uh practice what you preach, integrate uh what I call well you know, nuggets of wellness, two, three minutes meditation, read a book. Um when I talked about the importance of a uh, light therapy to change the electrical conductivity and lift the mood of the brain, have a look at your sleep station. Uh, sleep station? Yeah, and your sleep station is what most of you will understand is your bed.
0: Okay, that's what I was getting. <laughs> uh,
1: your sleep station is is where you spend a third of your life. Right. It has scent, it has colour, It has texture. It's another spa experience, but not a spa. It's a rationale for living and existing. So your sleep must be the darkest environment you can possibly bring. So, for example, you know, eye covers, you see these, Mm -hmm. wearing those, even during the day when you're trying to meditate, darken the room. Yeah. 25% of your brain's activity shuts off when your eyes are closed or when the room is dark. Secondly, there's a company called uh, Because This Works, they do a, a chemically enhanced lavender pillow spray. Okay. Spray that in the pillow. You use um hypoallergenic sheets. So this is bedding that is changed frequently every two or three days, but is easily rinsed. So it's not like cotton or silk sheets. It's actually man-made fibers that that gives you the experience every day that someone's just changed the sheets in your bed now you know and everyone else knows when you go into a bedroom and the sheets are fresh you're going to sleep like a baby (laughs) yeah so you you up the ante you add scent you have darkness um you get the right kind of pillow um that again they're talking about that hypoallergenic pillows are far more effective for a good night's sleep. And I I can remember staying in hotels 15, 20 years ago in Thailand, and they had a pillow menu.
0: Yeah, yes. I've
1: I've stayed in a couple of those there. They're great. And you think, really, are there 10 pillows to choose from? So again, think about, if you're having a bad sleep, think about the food you're eating. Think about when you're eating, and think about are you actually drinking coffee or caffeine after two or three in the afternoon. Because mm-hmm. that has an effect on your on the stimulant level of your brain.
0: So that's one thing I was going to ask. So if if we're I mean let's let's presume you're eating some sort of a nutritious dinner. Yeah. When is the best time to eat? Is there a sort of is earlier better? Is later better? Is there an amount of time you should leave between eating and sleep?
1: If you if you come back from a, a an eight hour span shift mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. it's ten o'clock at night and mm-hmm. you haven't eaten or you're, you're probably going to go for the quickest convenient thing that's right. going to come out of the microwave in three minutes or come out of the oven in 10. And so one, one of the things we also endorse is teaching people to cook, teaching people to cook from scratch, but we also call it a batch nutrition. So if you make a really nice vegetable stew and you have some quinoa with seeds and nuts, you don't make one portion,
0: right.
1: you make five portions. So you freeze it, mm-hmm. or you have it in the fridge for a couple of days, you take it into work, so that you don't end up sitting on the sofa and sliding <laughs> down it, um, and it, you know, again, <clears throat> drinking rather than just one glass of wine, you're having two or three yep. tonne wine. And the way that alcohol works, and the way that the, the liver and the, and the gut works, the more you drink, more often, the more you chase the uplifting effects of alcohol. Right. So, <clears throat> two, three days, no alcohol, focus on good wellness techniques, good wellness practice, and the rest of the time, try and balance it out. Okay. Yeah?
0: Okay. Now, finally, then, end of the day, um, I'm guessing uh, you would advise sleep. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> Quite a lot of it.
1: <laughs> Is it's there- it's very, very interesting. It's about quality of sleep. Right. If you um, again, if you have the wrong food, if you eat too late or you eat too much, or you still are under the influence of caffeine or alcohol, you could sleep for ten hours, but that sleep will feel like three or four. Right. So I I was do um, five minute express meditation, read a book, disengage from the day, mm-hmm. and engage in relaxation and the preparation for the brain and the body to rest optimal sleep position. So if you are right-handed, then you sleep on your left side. Really? Yeah. And you should sleep in the fetal or the recovery position with the right pillow that actually puts your head and neck in a neutral position rather than stretch it one way or deflate it the other way. Wow, okay. So again, this is a bit of practice mm-hmm. but you know to be honest i start to mentally wind down by about nine thirty. i am disengaging with the world um and again very 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 important make sure you adjust your ipad or your phone to sepia or a color that doesn't activate the brain at night
0: yeah i remember apple did that a couple of years ago didn't
1: they, they so it yeah. kind of takes I'm- the blue light out of the uh- it's and really now the, the accountability of tech companies is coming more to the front. And most of the Apple products now have a timer on them that gives you feedback about how much time you're spending with social media yeah. Yeah, or that's just on the phone. Um, the best thing, I've, I've done some great training with the uh, Stress Management Society of the UK, and one of the guys there indicates quite clearly at the bottom of his email, I arrive at the office at this time. I work until lunch, my lunch is from 12 to 1. I will answer emails for 10 minutes during my lunchtime. In the afternoon, I'll have client contact time and again, will answer emails and phone calls. Here is my PA's number or my friend's number to help out." And Actually, he says that that sets the tone about communication and the flow of, of phone calls, texts, and emails. He will not answer the phone or answer emails with those hours. That's Great, really smart. yeah. I used
0: I used to do something similar to that, and the hardest part of it was my own discipline. Yeah, um, you know, it 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 really helped. It hugely made a difference. People stopped sending me the 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 non-essential emails and mm-hmm. if it was if something was urgent it was my phone number on there they could call me yeah, um yeah. but the hardest part of, was me being disciplined to actually only check my emails and respond to them during the time that i said i would otherwise it loses all its power because people are like yeah we know he's say- we know he's saying that We'll we'll yeah read the if out. you
1: look at if you look at the long-term pattern um people have this uh, immediacy about life and existence oh yeah no i might i'll have somebody maybe in their 20s contact me about an appointment and I'll go back to them at night and they'll sent me two or three reminder text messages saying, I sent you a text at 10.30, you didn't get back <laughs> to me. Well, you know, I actually couldn't get to the phone. Yeah. Could you imagine me with a client or a therapist delivering a massage and you just take your phone calls and do your emails? Yeah. That's but that's really what people are expecting. Yeah, it's crazy, to isn't set, it? To set a standard and a behavior about how you communicate, people will adhere to that because they know it's a waste of time. Yeah. i will yeah. leave you alone.
0: Love it. Okay, so that's kind of a that's kind of a. If you could have an ideal day, that's roughly how it will be kind of spread out. But you know, it takes a fair amount of of work to change all of our habits like that. So, given your experience, the people you've worked with, kind of thinking about the spa industry, the hotel industry as a as a sort of main focus. Yeah. If you could suggest one thing that the average person could shift, could do, could change in their day-to-day world that would have a noticeable impact? What would the one thing you would always suggest people focus on be?
1: That's super easy, meditation. Without exception or doubt, it is the most compelling, the most effective, the most positive change you can ever bring into your life. And remember that all the all the habits that we have in our lives, which are detrimental to our wellness, our well-being, come about as a Change in behavior, a change in habit, and a change in processing about how how we deal with information and knowledge. If you meditate, you have mental focus, you have mental strength, and you bounce off negativity. And the more often you learn to meditate, the more it comes into your life, and the more often you practice, it becomes so easy to do. Mm-hmm. And it's so important that people understand that. And then you will make better free choices. Then you will not enter into a tug of war with your brain about whether you need to go to the gym or not. Or when you open the fridge and you go for another glass of wine, you'll say, no, I don't need it. Yeah. You will actually make clear, strong, concise decisions about your work pattern and about your lifestyle. And that is the best advice and the best experience I've ever had.
0: That's fantastic. And I'll I'll kind of second that because I, I have to admit, I've only kind of, Opened up to embracing these things over the last couple of years. I wouldn't necessarily say I was a, a skeptic before, but I never really could see the importance of meditation before. But I was obviously in in this industry. I'm guessing people are a little bit more open to it than most. But everybody was talking about it. So a few years ago, I was like, okay, I need to kind of look into this a little bit more. And I found an app called Ten Percent Happier. I don't know if you've heard oh, of it. Yeah. So, but this this was this was put together by a confessed Uh, meditation skeptic. Um, He was, I believe he was like a newscaster or an anchor on TV or something like that. And he apparently had a very public breakdown and he resisted doing a lot of things, but eventually decided to give meditation a try and it it changed his life. So he's coming at it from not a kind of a, a guru who's always been doing it, but trying to educate people who are Complete skeptics, or just like, well, yeah. I don't really see the point. And it was it was incredible for me because it just answered all those questions of like, well, what is the point? And actually, yeah. what is meditation? Because I know people talk yeah. about it, but what is it? Is this do I just sit in this position and sit still for twenty minutes? What is it? So, if you're remotely skeptic, never done it, don't really understand what it is, I highly advise go and check out this Ten Percent uh, Happier app. It's like it. There is a paid version, but the free version has got kind of all the introductory stuff to kind of shift your mind and, and educate you on it. So do go and check that out as well. Yeah, that's
1: great. That's great.
0: So that's for the, that's for the person, that's for the individual. If a, uh, either a spa or hotel employer is listening and we've kind of got their attention and they're thinking, I'd love to do something to help support my team on this, mm. what's one thing that an employer can change or do easily to help facilitate this, do you think? You have to ask
1: the staff. You have to ask the people who deliver at the front end for your spa business. And it's not just about having your idea of what you think will be good for your staff. It has to be needs assessed, and it has to come from the bottom up, not the top down. Right. And that way people can be responsible for those initiatives. Mm-hmm. They can contribute to the initiatives. And a great thing is to appoint an individual who becomes the wellness coordinator for people within the spa. And that position rotates every month or every quarter. So they actually feed off each other, and you can nominate people to be the wellness representative. And it it creates full engagement. And full engagement uh, gives full results and full change. But I I think the mistake is that uh, employers can... Can uh, you know grab grab onto the wellness initiative, but not truly understand how magical and how inspirational and how transformational it can be for the business? Yeah. Remember that anybody in the spa business who's, who's listening or watching, they they also think about the difficulties they have with staff, the difficulties of recruitment, the the problems with retention, and then they have to make profit. They have to have a bottom line.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
1: And the answer is wellness it's it's not about trying to push your staff more and give them more responsibility this is a very tough occupation a tough job a tough industry to be in how can you generate resilience within your team without wellness
0: i love that i think we've i think we may have just coined a a new hashtag there the answer is wellness
1: yeah i love that we'll we'll get that trending (laughs) So as long I you spend too much time in the phone training.
0: <laughs> no, 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 I'm not advising that. I'm just saying let's yeah. let's spread the word about wellness
1: yeah. whilst yeah. you're on social
0: media. Um so I wanted to ask you as well, what is your, you know, you've you've been in this world, you're you're clearly very passionate about it. What's your long-term vision for employee wellness in let's just say the spa, the fitness, the hospitality industry? Yeah.
1: Hospitality industry, um, the fitness industry there. Different in many respects, but very common in in, uh, what they're trying to achieve. The future is is actually going to be more towards lifestyle medicine um, because despite the, I call it a mirage, this idea that we're exercising more Mm -hmm. isn't true. The idea that we're buying gym memberships more is true, but we're not (laughs) doing it. And, you know, the, the, the whole exercise spa is split into all these different age groups and, and facets. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, you know, the, I always say this to people, the three greatest risks to the Western world is obesity, yep. type 2 diabetes and mental state. And mental state at the levels of prescription medication people are taking for depression and mental health issues. Type 2 diabetes is related to inactivity and poor diet. Obesity, inactivity. poor diet so they're very separate but they're linked so the future of the exercise and the spa uh, industry is to actually activate initiatives and education for our current and our future clientele because make no mistake our clientele are not exercise freaks they are not becoming more healthy they are becoming uh, under the guise of ill health and you know if somebody says to me the importance of exercise and nutrition and mindset. Ninety-nine percent of all lifestyle diseases are reversible through lifestyle adaptation, right. and that means nutrition, mm-hmm. meditation, effective exercise, frequent exercise, and we talked about this word happiness because there needs to be more happiness in this yeah. world.
0: Yeah,
1: and yeah. and you know, wellness is also the key to happiness because. No, if if you are if you are stressed if you eat incorrectly if you don't exercise in your gut the gut bacteria will not produce the sufficient amounts of serotonin to make you happy and remember people think that serotonin is produced in the brain only between 5 and 10% is produced in the brain 90 really? to 95% of human serotonin is produced in the gut and is therefore influenced by what you eat what you drink how you sleep and how often you exercise.
0: Wow, that's amazing. Simple,
1: yeah. So that you can see, there's. Uh, I hope I hope we haven't confused people and then say, oh, like, oh, there's so much going on here. But it's take take one golden nugget, uh-huh. bring it into your head, bring it into your heart, start working with it, make it work, understand that it works, respect it and value it, and then pull another golden nugget into your wellness wheel and start doing that. If you cannot do it by yourself, then engage in outside accountability, get motivation and support from other people. And I'll tell you something, the spa industry are great at that. Yes. They, are great. they understand it's a community. They understand mm-hmm. it's a family. And that is the basis for that level of change and accountability.
0: Wow. Ian, this has been fascinating. Thank you so much for, for sharing your expertise with us during this National Spa Week. Um, I mean... Like you say, there are there are a lot of facets to this. There's a lot of information to take in. If people want to kind of find out more about your work, follow you, um, do you have social media profiles, things like that?
1: Yeah, not not much, to be honest. Okay. Website? But, uh, you could log on to uh, OneSpire, the Sheraton Grand. Mm. Uh, you could search Executive Fitness Foundation, Okay. Um, which is ef1.com. And um, in between clients, if I can get a minute, I might be able to get back to someday, but (laughs) certainly not at night and certainly not first thing in the morning.
0: Good for you. We'll put all those links in the show notes uh, for the episode as well, so uh, people can find those. Ian, thank you again. I know your time is very precious, so I I hugely appreciate you spending the time uh, with us today and sharing your knowledge.
1: A pleasure, Adam. Let's make some changes for the industry better, yeah. Thank you for Thank you. Take care.
0: There we go. Now, I hope our conversation there and the topics that we discussed has really given you more of a feel for this subject and maybe given you cause to go and look for a bit more information. Now, I'm sorry we weren't able to cover the perfect healthy day for all of the roles within the spa and beauty industry, but I hope covering the typical day of a therapist, if there is such a thing as a typical day of a therapist, has given you a bit more um, of an idea of how you can improve your own physical health throughout your workday or how you can encourage your team to do a bit more too. Now don't forget, for more information on this topic, then you can head over to the National Spa Week pages on the UK Spa Association's website, which you can find at www.spa-uk.org forward slash spa week. I'll give you that again because that's a bit fiddly with that hyphen in there. Are you listening? Okay. It's www.spa-uk.org forward slash spa If you're looking for the normal show notes pages for this episode, they can be found in the normal place at beautybusinesspodcast.com forward slash episode 68. Right, I will be back again with you tomorrow where we will be talking all about a very hot topic at the moment in our industry, recruitment and retention and why this is such a big issue, especially in the beauty, spa and wellness industry. And I will again be joined by an expert, a very good friend of mine with some amazing practical tips to improve your ability to attract and keep the right people in your organization. And also if you're the individual trying to get your dream position, how to maximize your own chances. So I'm going to see you back here tomorrow. Bye for now.